the Holy Spirit revealed something pretty powerful to me this morning in my quiet time with the Lord. Sometimes I just read the Bible um, for fun, as weird as that is to say. Just open it, not really with a plan or an agenda. Just open it and kind of see, you know, what book and what chapter the Spirit leads me to. And inevitably, I find myself in the Gospels um, pretty much 100% of the time. You know, and then sometimes I'll get into the letters of Paul. Paul is definitely my hero in the Bible, um, aside from Jesus. (laughs) And you know, Old Testament is good too. There's the Bible is so rich. Like you can turn it to any page and find what you need to find. It's the word of God. It's alive. And it's the truth. So you can go through any page and ask for wisdom and God will reveal to you exactly what he wants to say to you in your specific situation today. And that's what's cool, is this was written over the course of thousands of years, thousands of years ago, and it's still just as true today, and that means it is the absolute truth. People have devoted their lives to trying to disprove the Bible, and none have been able to do that. In fact, most people who devote their lives to trying to disprove the Bible end up becoming the most radical Christians because it's just undeniable and it's laced with all this historical evidence that cannot be denied. And the only thing that people tend to deny is that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead because that's really hard to believe and it's really hard to believe that anyone could love me that much. But when I did believe that and when I did accept that truth, everything changed in my life. It really did. Um, Like I've shared before, the day that I believed that, the day that I fell to my knees and surrendered to even the possibility that Jesus is who he says he is, (laughs) that's my sobriety date. I went from full-blown drug addict and alcoholic with nowhere left to turn except suicide to giving Jesus a chance on the day I was going to kill myself. And I got sober in that moment. It hasn't been easy. It's most definitely been a process. And, you know, my problems didn't magically just disappear. This has been a journey for sure. But I can honestly say that when I surrendered to Jesus, everything changed. And I see his light every single day. I see it in other people. I see it in myself. I, God is just, the evidence is all around. So anyways, I don't even know um, what I was going to say. I guess I just, I just want to express my love of Jesus Christ to you, and hopefully this fire will spread. Um, I do know what I was going to say. I was in John... And I've just opened my Bible so that I can read this again, actually. 
And it's in John chapter 12, where Jesus is explaining to his disciples why he must die. They've had a great journey together. And now he just shows up and says, hey, dudes, like, it's been cool. Uh, I'm going to be dead pretty soon. So um, that's that. And you're not really going to understand why until after it's done. And the disciples obviously are confused. They freak out and they start questioning everything. They question their own lives. They question Jesus, all of it. But Jesus starts explaining this, and he says, this is in John chapter 12, verse 23. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He's speaking of his death. He's he's predicting his death. And for him to say, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. How is there glory in being crucified. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew every detail of it because he is the son of God and he still had to walk it out so that our sins could be forgiven. But instead of focusing on the pain that he's about to suffer, he focuses on the glory because he knows that once he fulfills his mission, he's going to be seated at the right hand of the father in heaven And he's going to send his Holy Spirit as an advocate for us to help us with our lives. And he did that. And we do have the Holy Spirit today. That's exactly why I'm right here talking to you today. is because the Holy Spirit is using me as a vessel. Because I have laid down my life and surrendered to him, he has chosen to speak through me as a vessel and hopefully reach people with his truth like only he can do. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that was there heard it, and said it had thundered, while others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. This is a powerful, this might be the most powerful. Okay, all of scripture is powerful. This one stands out to me, though. John chapter 12, because it's just such a, a pivotal time. Like Jesus is reaching the end of his ministry and he's about to fulfill the very thing that he came to this earth for. But none of it makes sense yet. And he's trying to explain something that isn't going to make sense until after he's gone. 
and he explains the process of dying, he parallels it to a seed. And if you know anything about the way plants grow, it starts with a seed, and the seed has to die so that the old shell can fall away. So the seed dies in rich soil, and that's how it becomes a plant or a tree, and that bears more seeds to do the same thing over and over again, and that's how it multiplies. It multiplies when it dies. Life happens when the seed dies. And it's this fascinating concept that we kind of just glaze over, I guess. I definitely did when I learned about it in school. I'm like, okay, this is the most boring thing ever, like learning about plants. But if you get in scripture, you see it everywhere. Our lives and all of creation is made to work like this. And my salvation works like this. When I died to myself, like literally the old Zach is dead. When all of my selfish ambitions died, when my lust in my heart died, when I stopped wanting to go to the bars and bring a random girl home and wake up with a hangover and then do it again, when I stopped desiring that stuff, when my selfishness, when my when I craving of money, craving of power, craving of influence, when all of that died, and when I surrendered to Jesus and said, okay, you are everything, everything. When all of that died, that's when my life began. That's when sobriety began to happen. That's when I began to experience true joy for the first time in my life. Inner peace. And today, I'm only four years into sobriety. I've got a long life ahead of me, and I'm so grateful for it. In just four years, I can honestly say right now, that you cannot shake me. I have become a tree and I'm growing stronger and my roots are growing deeper and my roots are in the word of God. And that is why I open my Bible and read it for fun is because it gives me life and because I have died to myself and the seed has grown and now I'm starting to bear fruit. And I hope that as I scatter these seeds, that it falls on the rich soil of your heart. And I hope it begins to take root in you, and you'll begin to sprout and open these pages of truth and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and help you become the tree that you're supposed to be and bear the fruit that you're supposed to bear and use the gifts that you've been uniquely given. So Jesus draws this parallel with a seed And I'm sure it blows these guys' minds. They're like, what is this dude talking about? He tells us he's going to die, and now he's talking about seeds and how it's good to die, and this doesn't make any sense. But the thing that really stood out to me this morning when I read it is when Jesus says, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. So there it is again. He's talking about glory as he's talking about being crucified. He's finding glory in the darkest hour of his life. And he's about to give his life when he's Jesus. He could easily, 
he could easily snap his fingers and just go back to heaven and just never have to go through with this thing. But he knew the value. He knew your value. He knew my value. So he had to go through with this. This was his mission. For all of eternity, from the beginning of time, Jesus has been with the Father waiting for this moment. So now his moment's here. And yeah, he says it. He says, my soul is troubled. So he's feeling the weight of this moment. But he still finds a way to say, Father, glorify your name. And the thing that stood out to me is that, man, I have some really tough days. I still do. Sobriety, if anything, makes you feel more. And that's why I got drunk and high so much and chased women and did all those terrible things. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was running from my feelings. I was trying to numb my feelings because I don't like feelings. And sobriety has only made me more aware of my feelings. And it's not always pretty. But I'm grateful for it because it's allowed me to experience the good stuff too. And the good stuff always far outweighs the bad. And the bad isn't really that bad because I've read in my Bible far enough into Romans to know that Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for the good of those who love God. And I love God. And it says all things. So that means even my darkest hour can be the best thing ever. It is the best thing ever because I have eternal life and I've already died. So what's the worst case scenario? You kill me and I go to heaven? Okay, that's a cool way to live. I'll take that bet. And if I don't die today, that's a good thing too because I'm alive. So literally, I walk into every day with a win-win situation. Regardless of the circumstances around me, this hurricane just came through this, this weekend a tree fell in my truck, broke my windshield, got that replaced today. I mean, there are storms. Depression, I still feel that sometimes. Um, sometimes I still want to just crawl into a hole and not be around people sometimes. Like, there's just stuff and life and people die and people reach out to me with their problems and it's just a lot to carry sometimes. But it's all good and I can smile about it. I can smile about it. And just like Jesus said, my soul is troubled. When my soul is troubled, which it was today, to be perfectly honest with you, my soul felt troubled, overwhelmed, just nothing really specific. I just feel overwhelmed on the inside. My soul is troubled, but Father, glorify your name because I know this is going to work out for good. And the thing that I'm trying to put into words right now is that Jesus gave during this hour. He gave. He gave his life to us, to his disciples, and to all of mankind. He gave up his life so that we can bear the fruit today. So I want to encourage you, no matter where you are in life, even if you're having a good day, if you're having the worst day, or somewhere in between, if it's feeling kind of blah, feeling kind of depressed, feeling a little bit excited, um, feeling a little bit encouraged, whatever you're feeling right now, I want to encourage you to remember this. I want you to remember this. When things get dark and when your soul is troubled, remember to give. Just like Jesus gave his life during his darkest hour. 
That is real faith. When we give from a place we cannot see, when we pull from inside things that we don't even know are there, when we're not feeling the love, give the love. And that's when you... When you're not feeling the faith, give the faith. When you're not feeling kind, be kind. When your soul is troubled, bring peace to other people. When you're upset, tell people you love them. Go out of your way to give to other people, to give yourself to other people, to be of service to others. And that is how you climb out of dark places. That is how you get out of the hole. That's how you glorify God. There's no glory in worrying about things. Jesus also said this. He said, who of you can add even a single hour to your life by worrying? If anything, worry only takes away from you, and it certainly doesn't help anybody else either. You gotta find a way to glorify God in your darkest moments, and that's gonna make you who you are. That defines your character. Anybody can glorify God on a good day. Anybody can lift their hands in church and say, praise Jesus. But what happens after church when you're feeling the weight of real life? Are you able to glorify God then? Are you able to glorify God in those moments when you're by yourself late at night and you have a choice between watching pornography or opening the Bible. Can you glorify God then? What about when you choose the wrong thing? Can you glorify God then? Or do you sit in self-pity and think you're not worthy of him? See, this is, this is real life stuff that nobody talks about. But I have been in these dark places enough to know what to do and to learn what brings me joy and to learn how to heal from this stuff. And the best way to heal is to give. That is how you reflect Christ as a Christian. If you are going to walk around and call yourself a Christian and put Bible verses on Instagram, please don't miss this part. Give. If you are a Christian, if you belong to Christ, you are called to imitate Christ. Paul is very clear about that. So I hear people joking around sometimes being like, oh, well, I'm not perfect because I'm not Jesus. Or, oh, yeah, you know, I one day I'll get over that thing, but I'm not perfect. And that is not an okay way to live. I'm definitely not perfect, but Jesus is, and he lives in me. He totally lives in me. And I do have perfect days. On days where I get in the Word and turn my phone off and hang out with him, I have had perfect days, and he knows that. I have had days where my mind does not wander, where it is focused on everything pure and everything of heaven and everything of Jesus. And pretty much the only way to get to that point is to keep your face in the word. <laughs> but it is possible and it is all that matters. And that is the most gratifying feeling is knowing you did the right thing. But even when you mess up, he is there to love you 
This is why he came to the earth. This is why he died. And this is why the Bible was written, is so that we can know this and be reminded of this truth. Now my soul is troubled. Father, glorify your name. Father, I pray right now that whoever is listening to this, even if it's just one person, I pray that you would speak directly into the heart. You say that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword. And I pray that it would cut through all the junk in our hearts. And I pray that it would reveal your truth and make room for your light so that you can shine through us. And so that everywhere we go with our eyes open, that the world will see your light and they will want what we have. And the darkness and the heaviness, I pray for whoever is listening to this who is still chained to pornography, that you would set them free in this moment, Jesus. Jesus set them free. Whoever is still chained to going to the bars, whoever is still chained to looking for the future spouse, looking for the perfect person, whoever is chained to anything, just break those chains and let them experience freedom in your light, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray that most of all, you would convict us of where we're wrong. I pray that you would convict us to lay down our lives just as you laid down yours, Jesus. I pray that you would convict us to go shine so brightly in this world where everybody who sees us knows you. That we don't waste another minute, God. And that in our darkest hour, we will glorify your name. I ask you for wisdom, God, on what to do next. You say that any of you who lacks wisdom should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So, Father, I believe, and I ask you for wisdom, because I know that wisdom is the greatest thing I could ask for. Wisdom leads to truth, and truth is all we need, and that is you. pray that you would honor this time as we seek you, as we draw near to you. I pray that you would also draw near and shut out the noise of this world so that we can focus on your voice. Teach us to hear your voice. Teach us to obey your voice. Thank you for what you did for us, Jesus. It's an honor to be able to have a conversation with you. It's just mind-blowingly awesome. And I thank you for saving my life. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Jesus. I love you. Amen.